Hi, and welcome to another episode of Amazing Individuals. Unfortunately, Kurt won't be joining me today in Cleveland, so I will be hosting solo. On our show today, we talk to individuals with intellectual disabilities and people that support them. Today, we will be talking to Emily Klinger. She is the Vice President of Organizational Excellence for Special Olympics North America. Hi, Emily. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, Lisa. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. Uh, could you please tell our listeners how you got involved with Special Olympics? Sure, happy to. So I started as a Special Olympics volunteer about 25 years ago. I was a young person in high school, and I enjoyed um, gym class. I enjoyed our physical education class. And my physical education teacher asked me if I'd like to volunteer and help with a adapted PE class. And I said, yes. And I met um, some individuals that were my age, my friends in in the class. And we had a great time. And they said, you know, we do this outside of school too. It's called Special Olympics. You should come. And so I did that when I was about 15 and have kind of been in the movement in different capacities ever since. Oh, that's, that's a neat way to start. So about a, I know we have Northwestern students that start like that. And then, yeah, I re- and yeah. I grew up just outside, just near Northwestern. So I knew many of those students and um, had met them over the years. Oh, that's nice. So uh, could you explain to our listeners a little bit about what you do for Special Olympics? Sure. I work at uh, Special Olympics International at our headquarters office in Washington, D.C., and I lead the team of organizational excellence. And our team is responsible for <clears throat> leadership development for all of the leaders in the organization, including our athletes, including our country and state leaders. Uh, we also collaborate with, our, with the youth and schools program on our youth leaders. And then we also do things that are more supporting the organization internally, like our strategic plan or annual planning or other things that help the organization achieve its goals. Oh, that's a, that's a um, very uh, busy uh, title, it sounds like. So with many, many duties. <laughs> yes. So uh, did you know anyone with an intellectual disability before you started working for Special Olympics or before you volunteered? Um, I did. My cousin has an intellectual developmental disability, and so I grew up with her and seeing her. Um, and then I knew people in school over the years. So we, I went to school actually in the Chicago land area and would know classmates and others at the school who I interacted with. And then in high school, in addition to being part of Special Olympics, I was a tutor in one of our classes um, that, that worked directly with special education students. So I knew quite a few people over the years. Oh, that sounds good. Um, how has your perception changed, if at all, of people with intellectual disabilities since working for Special Olympics? Since working at headquarters the last, so I've been at headquarters 10 years. So that's mm-hmm. been a different perspective than before when I was volunteering. Um, I can't say that my perception has changed too much because I've always really 
seen value and contribution and never really looked at someone with a disability any different than anyone else. A number of my friends in high school were Special Olympics athletes and I uh, did things with them socially outside of Special Olympics. I think what may have changed is how I can partner with them on um, different work projects. So the interaction and more of like a colleagues and team, you know, working on a project together would have changed because before it would have been more social and sports related. And now our organizational excellence team has two full-time staff members with an intellectual disability and a number of hired consultants, just like yourself, who work with us um, with intellectual developmental disability. And so that's been a shift is just working together and learning from each other. Oh, that's cool. I know I I look forward to all the stuff I've been able to do so far as a a consultant, but you know, whatever I can do in the future to help too. So great. Um what are some successes you know that you have seen Special Olympics make and what are some challenges that you know they still need to overcome? I think some of the successes is just uh I, I really enjoy working with our regional colleagues in other countries. And I think one of the most amazing things about Special Olympics is how far we reach. And I know there's still a long way to go and we talk about that, but I do think that we have a presence in a lot of countries, a lot of places. And uh, that I, that's really amazing, the infrastructure, kind of the grassroots uh, effort that we try to reach people. I think that we've had a lot of success in um, building our brand as something that people want to be associated with, but there's a lot of respect for Special Olympics. And I think there's a lot of belief that this is a great movement to be part of. I think some challenges we face are maybe introducing more people to the movement and inviting more people in. I think another challenge, but it's really an opportunity, is to help people think about Special Olympics is starts at sport, but there's a lot more than sport. So I don't think people know the work we do in health as much as they could, or the work we do in leadership and advocacy or in our schools. But I think there's a great potential to continue to build people's knowledge of what is Special Olympics. Yeah, I mean, even when I go to different organizations sometimes, or even when we play against different uh, teams sometimes they don't know that we have like the athlete leadership piece of it so you know so I think that's it's always like a challenge to grow that though so I think for any I think any uh company you know they always have challenges you know when they try to overcome them so um what do you like the most about working for special olympics I like the people that I work with they're really different and have different backgrounds and different experiences, live in different countries all over the world. And I learned a lot from them. So I really enjoy um, learning new things. I enjoy working on things with people who have different perspectives and different ideas. I think that our goals, uh, we are more successful in reaching our goals when we have more diversity in contributions to the planning and to the work. Um, typically I enjoy, I used to enjoy more traveling and seeing more of our athlete leaders and interacting with them and watching their growth and development over the years and seeing the things that they do in their community. But I think we were really fortunate that we have really great quality 
uh, passionate people who work for the organization. Well, that's good. So um, going forward, what is one or two things that you would like to see Special Olympics accomplish? Oh, that's a big question. Um, I mentioned one, I think that we have an opportunity to reach more people and invite them into the movement. I think that we often work with the same people over and over again, especially at a local community level. And I think there's a potential to invite new people, which will help with our capacity and diversity and all these things. So I think that that's important. And I would say um, one of the really important things is coming back to play after the pandemic and the impacts of the pandemic and keeping the, we're rebuilding the connection in some cases, you know, some people lost touch and we need to, we want to find them and bring them back, whether it's athletes or coaches or volunteers. I think that's really important the next few years. And then looking longer term, I think we have a great opportunity to be a model of inclusion for others in the community. So modeling the way where our athletes are leading and they are um, at, involved in all aspects of our work and other people see that and then see the value that people with disabilities bring and they then give those people a chance. But I don't think that's gonna happen overnight. So I think we have to continue to work on that and, and model it for others to see. Oh, I agree. I think the pandemic kind of, you know, put a, you know, halted that for a little bit, but you know, with everything coming back, I think it'll happen. So slowly for sure. <laughs> so uh so Disney will host the next USA games uh June fifth to the twelfth. Um which is one what is one or two things you are the most looking forward to seeing or having happen? Well I think this is an amazing opportunity that they're hosting. So I hope that all of the Athletes who are competing and their families get to enjoy the site, get to enjoy Disney World, get to enjoy everything that's there to offer. Uh, so I think they, I hope that they have a lot of fun and, and it's really exciting to enjoy that. And then I would say, I hope that um, the games themselves with current and new partners uh, create opportunities that can be replicated. So simple things like the games app, which is a really great app. I hope we can use that in other games or uh, the partner summits that they have with partnership leaders and others in the community. I hope we can replicate that. So I think there's some really interesting things that they're doing that many of us could learn from. Yeah, I know I'm looking forward to volunteering down there to see how they are. So it's kind of uh, curtain my way of giving back kind of a little bit so for what mm -hmm all the organizations done for us so um out out, out, excuse me, out of special olympics um uh, what do you like doing so what are some of your favorite hobbies i read a lot i like to read stories that are very different than what i know and so it kind of gives me a look into someone else's perspective or someone else's culture or a different time in history I also listen to podcasts that kind of do the same thing. And then I have two young children, so I spend a lot of time with them and their interests. And um, I'm married, so my, the four of us, my husband and my kids, we like to do things together outside. 
We have a great neighborhood. We walk and bike and all that type of stuff to try to get some exercise. And um, yeah, that's probably it. I feel like this last year or so, you know, you've had to kind of find other things that you can fill your time with because it's been really different. And I've tried to look at that as a positive and try new things. Um, and with my kids, we, my son and I are taking guitar lessons. So we're trying to figure out how to play guitar, but do it together because that's more fun. So, yeah. Oh, that sounds cool. I know I, I know. I used to live near D.C. So I, uh, you know, I, I really enjoyed like, you know, all the exciting things that I saw for some. Right. So, um, if you could give any advice to people on how to interact with individuals with intellectual disabilities, what would it be? I would say leave any assumption or stereotype at the door and try to block that out as much as possible. Um, I would say talk and interact with them like you would anyone else. And if you're not sure, ask. I think that there's a level of fear of the unknown or uncertainty that sometimes inhibits someone from communicating. And so they just shut down or they just walk the other way. And I think the more we can embrace that, embrace differences, and if you're not sure, ask, because that's what I tend to do and um, find that many of our specialized athletes and people with disabilities can share what their perspectives are, can share what works for them, can share their ideas, and they just need to, you know, have the opportunity to do that. So I think that that open-mindedness is really important. And I think that we need to leave these preconceived thoughts of what someone with a disability is like outside. You know, you don't do that for others. You don't do that for someone from this place or that place or their background. Um, so to try to do that as well, I think it's really important. That's great advice. So um, how can athletes like myself help change people's perceptions of folks with intellectual disabilities? Like especially like employers and like people, you know, who provide services like doctors and nurses and, you know, just in general. So, When I've seen that impact, when I've seen people with disabilities make a difference, I think it's when they're, they share their opinion and it really makes a difference. So they come prepared for a meeting or a discussion. They understand the topic. And that might mean extra work before, but they're ready to contribute. And they, they feel confident in sharing their opinion. And they come up with solutions. So they're showing the value that they bring to the discussion. And I think that the more we can... Um, have those opportunities, but the more that our special needs athletes and others feel prepared and confident to share, the more impact people will see and what they can do. So preparedness for meetings, I would say, understanding topics, feeling confident to contribute, and not just to say, I don't like how something is, but to say, here's ideas for solutions. It's really about showing that contribution. That's what all of us want to do, right? We all want to say mm -hmm. we have something to contribute and we can, we're valuable. I agree. I agree. That's why I kind of, even outside of competing or like whenever I go outside or something, I always portray myself as an athlete leader. So, you know, kind of 
you know, so just in case somebody has a question or something, I'm already ready to answer. So, <laughs> so. Um, what is one thing you would like to tell people about yourself they might not know? Um, they might not know that I always thought I was going to be a teacher. I went to school to be a teacher and I was a special education teacher actually in the Chicago public schools. Ooh, that's so cool. I often think about going back to teaching, but I'm happy that my work now is somewhat related to teaching and empowering others. Um, but that I think the job I have now and the work that I'm contributing to really brings together a lot of my interests and experience and skills. Oh, that's nice. So, well, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, talking to you. Um, that wraps up another episode of Amazing Individuals. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Emily Clear. Uh, before we end today, I would like to remind everyone to make sure and get their COVID vaccines if you have not already done so. You are not just doing it for yourself, but you are doing it for the whole world. I hope that everyone will stay healthy and safe and remember that people with intellectual disabilities can accomplish whatever they want with the right support.